you're listening to The Private Citizen, defending your right to have something to hide. This is episode 131 for Thursday, the 10th of November, 2022, the new cast system. Hello, everybody. My name is Fab. I'm coming to you live from Düsseldorf in Germany on a on a Thursday. This time I'm still trying to record two episodes a week. Currently, it's not going very well, but I haven't given up hope. It's still the plan. Yeah, so uh, release schedules all over the place, but uh, bear with me here for a little bit. Welcome to the show. I hope you're doing well. Um, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about AI. Uh, I've been I've been dealing with that a lot in my day job as a journalist recently, and thinking about it and. Um, so I got some thoughts uh, about AI. I mean, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit jaded on what AI actually is anyway. So I'm going to explain that uh, in the beginning of the show a little bit. And then we're going to go into what I think this whole... Yeah, let's call it a movement uh, means for our society as a whole. Um, I think there's some very interesting things um, afoot. And I think we need to talk about it. I think it's uh, it's very important. Um, but yeah, so um, thanks for being here. Hello. Um, if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, we're a podcast. Well, it's kind of started kind of as a privacy podcast. It's uh, also a political podcast because everything's kind of political, isn't it, when you get down to it? And it's, I mean, it's kind of evolved. Um, we then had the pandemic happen, happening. I talked about, you know, civil, civil liberties a lot. And it's all... I all intertwined so so these days we talk about all kinds of stuff of course because i'm a tech journalist we also talk about i talk about tech a lot um yeah and that's uh that's what's what what's gonna happen today as well if you go to the show notes if you go to private citizen dot press private citizen dot press that's um, where the show notes are that's the website then you go to episode 131 you'll find the notes and, and everything i've kind of used to um you know uh to ma- to make the episode to produce the episode so you can look at stuff yourself you know it's this podcast is aimed at critical thinking so that's what you're supposed to do um so i'd like to give you all the tools to do that and to you know not just believe what i say but you know just also build your own kind of opinions and thoughts about it and then you know give me feedback on that that's going to be uh that's always the second part of the show but you know all details on how to contact me and and tell me what you think are also in the show notes private citizen.press um tonight uh, today whatever time it is for you the show notes are a bit minimalistic which is basically because i'm just talking about things i've, I've kind of been thinking about so i don't really have written notes and there's really no links that um you know not that many links that that i could uh, i could could give you but you know it's uh, still important to know where the show notes are and uh with that i think we should we should get into the show and get into the meat of the uh, of the show and the topic i want to talk about So um, I want to talk a little bit about um, AI today, and uh, in the beginning of this, I'm going to explain a little bit what I, you know, what what people say when they say artificial intelligence, and and what I kind of mean by it um, to kind of 
you know, have a level playing field here for everybody to understand what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, before we do that, so so basically what I'm going to talk about, what my theory is, that's, you know, kind of the overarching theme um, for this episode. I, I think that AI or let's just call it algorithms um, will create a new kind of caste system in the world, um, a, a, a situation where we have two kinds of people. And for that, um, I want to play, before we get into it, I want to play a clip from my favorite movie of all time, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Um, I think it is uh, the best movie ever made. I've, I haven't seen a movie that's any better. And um, there's a very famous quote in that uh, about, you know, two kinds of people in the world, uh, which, which kind of applies. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. That, of course, is the great uh, Clint Eastwood um, in, in probably his best role as, as the man with no name. And yes, um, there are two kinds of people in the world, those with loaded guns and those who dig, um, and you dig. And that is... Um, what we are talking about uh, today as well, um, in my case here, I think there's two kinds of people. There will be two kinds of people in the world, those with loaded algorithms and those who dig. Or, in other words, those who understand how algorithms work and program them and control them and, and those who do the digging or do the work or do what the algorithm tells them. I'm going to talk about, generally, going forward, I'm going to talk about algorithms. Now... Um, market. What I'm talking about, marketing people would probably call AI, artificial intelligence. I don't like that term um, because artificial intelligence has nothing. And and anybody who like there, you know, I've talked to people who who teach this topic at university, and um, they will tell you that you know artificial intelligence has nothing to do with intelligence. Um, we don't. We do not understand. As somebody who has a, an interest, uh, a big interest in biology, um, partly because of my wife, who uh, is, uh, you know, doing doing science uh, in, in in that regard, he actually works with neurons, um, not in the brain, but in the heart. But you know, neurons are neurons. So I'm kind of interested in this topic. Um, we do not understand how human intelligence works at all. At, at a you know, at a bird's eye view. Um, we understand some a little bit about how the brain works. We understand quite a lot about how neurons work, but it's kind of like you know the sum of its parts. Um, there are some very good Star Trek: The Next Generation episodes um, that center around data and you know artificial intelligence, basically, and that talk about how this works. And I think most of that that was discussed there in the eighties and early nineties still applies. Um, so we do understand like how the parts interact largely, you know, how neurons work, how they transmit electrical impulses and all that. But like it gets so complex so fast that we then don't understand what it does. It's and also the human brain is is not something that, you know, it's um I mean, any organ, uh, as anybody who's ever dealt in biology with, with a very specific topic will tell you, you know, the heart kind of works the same. But if you get down to it, every heart is different. Every person's heart is different which is why when you have a heart attack and you know they they um they want to do something to you know uh to 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 treat you for example ca catheter ablation um they will actually do like 
it's it's not really it's just very minimally invasive surgery but like while they kind of treat you they they at the same time figure out what's wrong and how your heart works because every every heart is different right every heart reacts differently and you basically have to figure out at life while you're looking at the patient's patient what is broken and what is it's not like a car right where you um like these days when there's something broken on your car they do relatively rudimentary diagnost well not rudimentary but they do like standardized diagnostics and they go like well you know um it's you know the steering isn't right so it's something with the steering column and it's it's this part and then they just usually replace they don't like they don't figure out what actually broke like what little nut or or, or screw or whatever joint broke they'll probably just replace like a part of the steering column right because it's all standardized because that's you know that model of car is always the same and that that part is always the same so you can narrow it down to like this is broken and then they replace that part and you can't do that in biology right you have to actually figure out what is wrong with the person and all people are always all of them are different um, and with the brain it's even more complicated so as an example i've i I guess I've, i've probably talked about AI on the show before, so I might have said this before, but like, um, you know that example of when they do um, brain surgery, right? When they do open brain surgery, and they basically have to, um, let's say you have a tumor or something in the brain, and they have to cut a part of your brain out. They will actually cut your your head open, and then have you perform tasks, and they will um, like anesthetize part of your brain that they want to cut out to see what it actually does when they do that, right? They kind of disable that part of your brain um, for a bit and then they uh, they see what that does to you. So, they, you know, it's a famous example where they have people, you know, who play the violin. They're playing the violin while they test that, while their brain's cut open. Um, and that is because everybody's brain is different, especially the brain is an organ that kind of like the it's kind of like the internet um you know the techies say about the internet that it roots around problems and was built that way and the brain's kind of the same way it is amazing there are some people who've been shot through the brain you know they had a bullet travel through all of their brain and it's like cut out large chunks of their brain and uh, then they're like they wake up in hospital and they can't speak and they can't walk and they can you can retrain that and a lot of these people can actually even though they have huge chunks of their brain missing, you know, with, I mean, it takes a lot of work, takes years of rehab, but at the end of that, they're like almost indistinguishable from other people that just walk around because while we can't, like your brain can't, like if you, if you cut something out of your brain, the neurons don't grow back, right? You don't get new, well, they grow back, but you don't get new neurons. So every neuron you kill, like me by drinking a lot of alcohol or by getting shot in the brain or by having brain surgery is gone forever but your other neurons kind of grow and they kind of root around the problem um and so it's it's very different and it's also how the brain develops itself when you grow up right so depending on you know just because everybody grows grows up differently has different experiences um like all everybody's brain will be different so you can't just say oh this you you can't say okay this is the hippocampus it generally does that but like you can't like say okay like this part of the brain does this kind of calculation or whatever so we don't know that about the brain of about our brains right we that is like the we we have very limited knowledge there so so that explains how we why we don't know how human intelligence works 
right? We, we can, we have scientific data, we can look at how people process information, um, but actually understanding how the brain does that and how the collections of neurons which we understand really does it, we don't know. We have, you know, we know, we kind of know how neurons work, we have theories on how that actually, you know, how our brain does things, but like we don't really no, we can't build an artificial brain. Like we can't build data. We can't build a whatever, you know, in Star Trek, it's a positronic brain. We can't do that because we don't know how our brain works. So since we don't know how intelligence works, we have no, absolutely no hope of building artificial intelligence, right? Because we don't know how to build intelligence. We don't know how our own intelligence is built. We don't even know that for animals. Like, you know, we can't, you can't even tell you how a mouse uh, does things. Like how does a rat, walk around a maze like what how what neurons do what right we we know okay these are connected to the eye and they do, do, do this kind of thing and but like in an overarching thing we can't do it we can't build an artificial rat we can we can build a system that kind of behaves like a rat like we could of course build an algorithm you know that finds its way around a maze you know that is easy like every video game has that that's what pathfinding is right um so that's easy, but that is that is not actually intelligence. That is a, 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 a relatively simple um, computer program that emulates, you know, that maybe even passed the Turing test. That's why a lot of people, um, interestingly, when researching artificial intelligence, I thought to a lot of people, and a lot of them actually say that the Turing test, for example, is bullshit. Like they don't like the Turing test. So the Turing test is a famous um, uh, thing uh, invented by Alan Turing, um, during, was, I think it was during World War II uh, or thereafter, which is basically says that if you can build a, like the, if you build a computer program that, you know, if, if, a, if a person interacts with this computer program, like if you set a person in a room in front of the screen, right, and they can't tell you if, you know, they, they, they talk to a person through through the computer, like through the keyboard and screen, and I can't tell you if what they are talking to is actually another person or a computer program, then the computer program is said to have passed the Turing test. And this is often taken as a as a kind of a benchmark for a certain you know level of artificial intelligence, but it has nothing to do with intelligence. It's just um, you know you can achieve that by just tricking the person. Like the, the, the algorithm doesn't even need to be specifically intelligent it just needs to solve that one problem right be behave like a human being would behave when you talk through it through a keyboard and a screen and that's actually a solvable problem that's something you can easily solve these days um but that doesn't mean you know that that just means that that program is very optimized towards um you know, the Turing test, it's not optimized towards actually solving any kind of problem. So it has actually nothing to do with intelligence. Because, I mean, intelligence is um, like a, a good benchmark for human intelligence or even like animal intelligence. It's like you put a an organism into a situation that it's never been in before and ha have it solve a problem that it knows nothing about, that it's never seen before, and see how well uh, like this organism, this person, solves this problem and humans are relatively good at that um which is why we kind of dominate the planet <clears throat> by now um you know some other factors uh, opposable thumbs are an important 
factor here the ability to run very fast when there's an animal well relatively fast or you know climb trees but like even the climbing trees that is something like you know that animals that you know don't have this kind don't possess this kind of intelligence that are on a lower level um, with regards to intelligence you know they they have certain patterns um, certain ways of hiding and they might be very good they might be very optimized to what they're doing but like humans for example are very good at in a in 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 a especially in a in a in a dangerous situation um finding new solutions to problems um which which i think i always thought is like a very good um benchmark for intelligence and and that is something that computers um are relatively bad at they're getting better at it and we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know machine learning and stuff like that but Generally, I think, therefore, intelligence, artificial intelligence is just a stupid term. It's a marketing term. It's a term like blockchain. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, blockchain means something, but, you know, I've talked about that before on the show, what it means and what it doesn't mean. It's like a, it's a thing you can, you can put on things. And I recently talked to a guy who, who does a lot of research in this area who said, basically, uh, he thinks that to him, artificial intelligence is just the label that you put on things. He, he was uh, telling me that he saw a um, recently saw a, a coffee machine uh, that was advertised with possessing artificial intelligence. And all this t- coffee machine literally did that why it had this label was um, so it had the screen, you know, this these coffee automatic coffee machines you have in hotels whatever have they make certain you know they make espresso americano cappuccino all kinds of things they have this screen where you can select it and all this machine that did was it would put the most requested types of coffee so the stuff that people that use this very specific machine um use the most which just put that on the basically the home screen right which is which isn't barely, which is even barely an algorithm. It's just like a text file. You could do that with a text file. You just count um, how how often people tap on a certain product, right? And then you write that into a text file, and then you know you just put the fourth, the the, the four options with the highest numbers at the top. Like even I'm not a programmer. I sometimes dabble in programming, but I'm very bad at it. Um, I, you know, I can I can barely uh, write a few lines of Python. Um, maybe a bit of HTML or CSS. Um, I could solve this. I could solve this problem, right? That is this non, that is an algorithm that that is like basically high school <laughs> level um, uh, computing experience. You know. Um, programming high school level programming maybe and you know something like that is is advertised with artificial intelligence and um this person i was talking to uh an expert in this field uh, was saying so basically what what artificial intelligence is is a label for things that look to a a human a customer maybe a little bit intelligent you like that solve a problem um for them basically he was basically saying artificial intelligence is now a label for just solving problems um, and it has nothing to do with the actual complexity of an algorithm. Now, I always talk about algorithms because basically what art, any kind of artificial and every it's all algorithms, right? In computers, all algorithms. It's it's lines of code. It's a mathematical. Um, well, it's not not purely mathematical, right? It's it involves um, actually math, doing math on a computer. It involves storing data, maybe in a database. Um, you know, in a, in a programming language. So, so that is basically what artificial intelligence is. And that's all we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to call it an algorithm. Um, 
Now, artificial intelligence in, in itself is a very wide field. I mean, you, we could talk about specific types of artificial intelligence. So what most people actually mean, I think, when they say artificial intelligence is machine learning. Um, now, machine learning is a is a way of basically um, getting a computer algorithm to optimize itself, right? You, you use a lot of data and you train a model, which is a, you know, a collection of algorithms um, to, to solve a certain problem, right? Let's say, um, I mean, the, 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 this, I think this mostly started with, um, with computer image recognition, so you could, you could, for example, you have the problem, you have photos and you want to pick out um, rabbits, right? You have photos of wildlife and you want to pick out rabbits. That's your, that's your, that's your solution. Um, or let's say rabbits and hares are, let's say cats, right? How, normal, just garden variety cats. Let's say you want to pick out cats. Um, and you have pictures of dogs and of wolves and of bears and of ducks and you want you want cats um, now that is um, like before machine learning you would try to write an algorithm that analyzed pictures I mean however it, it's almost impossible to solve right because because like if you have if you, if you had like uh, like a site on drawing of, of of a cat right and you had difference of those you could probably maybe write a very complicated algorithm by hand that would kind of you know you'd figure out kind of things that are always the same and you'd, you'd search for that in the image and you could kind of maybe even solve it but like with 3d pictures and different lights and black and white and color whatever there's no way you could you could do that so in machine learning you kind of have a in a, to to explain it in a, in, in case you you know we have some 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 listeners who, who don't really understand what I'm talking about, um, you have a system where um, you uh, kind of what you, what you basically do is you you have you, you take you take training data right so so in this case you would take pictures of cats right you you take as you, you get as many different pictures of cats as you could as you can and you throw it into kind of a, 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 a algorithm so a software basically mathematical formulas that that would break these pictures down and and see what they have in common but not like as you would if you wrote an algorithm by hand as a human but like purely mathematically on a computer based level right the, the computer would kind of analyze as many pictures of cats as it could and see what they have in common and computers look at, at at pictures completely different, at photos completely different than 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 people. Uh, it would be all you know. It's it's it would probably be, um, well, not probably. It it would actually with machine machine learning as we use it today. It would be impossible for a human to figure out how the computer arrived at this decision. But if you threw threw enough data at this, the computer would at in the end to simplify it come up with a mathematical formula that that it would use to analyze a photo and tell you if there you know that there's a cat in that image and then you you'd have trained a model that would be the model like this collection of of, of formulas and or this generally a, a mathematical formula and an algorithm 
and then you could throw all kinds of pictures on it into it and and if you trained it with enough data there would be a very good chance that the the algorithm could tell you when you throw a picture and if there's a cat in the picture um of course that never works generally never works on the first try like if you if you just create train an algorithm with photos of cats even if you had like millions of them there's a good chance that if you throw some certain dog photos dog photos and then the algorithm would say okay that's a cat and then you have to like that that, that would be called uh, supervised machine learning then you go and and um, actually uh, refine your model right you go no this is actually wrong that's a dog and then the model changes a little bit and it's like okay and the more you do that and you the more data you put in the better this algorithm gets now by this um explanation you you might already see that this is has nothing to do with intelligence this is purely brute force um the fact that the more data you have the better such a system is it kind of explains that to you right it's just kind of brute forcing with lots of data, which is what computers do best. This is, I mean, this is this is why this has nothing to do with intelligence because biological intelligence works completely different. We kind of don't really know, but computers in the end, you know, are just like the most complicated. Whenever some PR person tells you something about some software, some internet, cloud-based, whatever, you have to remember that in the end, the, the computer can be broken down. There's like, what, four operations and or, you know, that, that are basically, I don't know how many there are. I'm, I'm, I'm shit at this kind of thing. Yeah, I'm shit at programming. But like, you know, when, when you break down assembler language, like the actual language that, that runs on your chip, there's very few operations. It's just like, you know, um, adding things, um, subtracting things, copying things, and like even the multiplication and that that's already built out of uh like these more simple simplified operations there's very few operations that's what everything's built on like all the software on top of that is just built on very simple computers can do actually can do very very little <laughs> but they can do what they do extremely fast um, which means they can just like you like the faster they get, and you know we make them faster all the time. The more operations they can do, the more just pure data they can, um, you know, process. That's the thing, like in TNG, when data says I can, you know, I can do so many trillion operations every nanosecond. Um, Interestingly, humans are still better at solving certain problems. Um, but like anything that, that you can kind of really break down into this kind of brute force thing, like the way you get computers to be really good at things is always like breaking it down into like very simplified operations that just can do a lot. And that's basically how machine learning works, right? Um, which... You know, that, that doesn't mean it, it's not powerful, but it's helpful to understand. Um, so in the end, what you create when you when you have such a model is just a very extremely complicated algorithm, right? That is so complicated that even humans, like, after you train a model and then you just you print out what, like, the mathematical operations were, like, even a, a, a genius um, computer programmer 
would not be able to understand it because it's basically op- it's it's optimized to how a, a computer works and then there's even more complicated things so there's things called neural networks and they operate they're kind of you know it's that again sounds like oh this is intelligence this is how humans work but it's not like it's not how our brain works it takes an idea from from how our brain works so if you look at our brains um, they are very, very extre- extremely complicated system made out of very simple things called neurons, and they're just connections, right? They're just—it's kind of like a, in that regard, it's kind of again like a computer because you can break it down to a very, very simple, like just a little thing that basically just transmits electric impulses, and that's just an interconnection. So it's just wiring, right? It's a very fine interconnected wiring that, under certain circumstances you know, just emits electric impulses and kind of, you know, and that's how the all the brain functions. And neural networks are kind of like this as well, where you go, okay, so we can, we can have relatively simple, like, algorithms, like decision, um, discrete decision. I'm, I'm, I'm not using, like, technical terms here i'm trying to you know explain this if you're not close to the subject so if i actually if i explain any any of this wrong and i have people listening who know uh, more than i about this topic which is likely please go to private citizen press and please tell me and um, i'm gonna you know i'm gonna talk about it in a future episode and gonna update everything but um i'm just trying to break this down for you know like normal people so to speak um so so you just have relatively simple decision um discrete decision units let's say you know a, a thing that that is basically also a little algorithm a little um mathematical formula that decides things and you treat that like kind of like a neuron and you can chain a lot of these together and that's basically what a neural network is it's just like a a a, a very complicated system of relatively simple little decision operators that you can you know that that are capable of very powerful things um now the one of the um, actually interesting enough i've i've put a put a link to this in the show notes where this is also explained a little bit one of the interesting things things about this machine learning models is that we and that this is this is this will be important later when we talk about the societal repercussions of this is that we don't understand them um so with normal software that runs everything in our lives normal algorithms they were built by humans right they are code they have um they have comments and and somebody who knows what they're doing and is close to the subject will be able to understand what's going on to such a degree that even people who weren't involved like even if you don't have the code you can like disassemble code right you can you can you can take other people's code that they never intended for you to actually see you can just take the software and kind of disassemble so you build what is kind of like the code they wrote when they wrote this it's not actually that but it's like you so when some, when a human writes code they write code in a human compatible system a programming language and that usually gets compiled in some way and gets like translated into machine language like how the machine works right and so you can take that and 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 disassemble it and build um a human understandable thing again right this is how you reverse engineer code um that you don't have to like reverse engineer software that you don't actually have the source code to 
Um, so you can always do that. So so the the specific um, aspect of computer software is that it is understandable for people who know what they're doing. They can they can take it apart. They can see okay, this is how it does things, um, which helps us find bugs. It helps us, you know, um, judge. You know, if, if something goes wrong with the software, we can we can go. Oh, this is why. Now, the problem with, with these machine learning um, and a lot of AI technology is that machine learning models is that you train them and they're so complex that even the people who train them, the, the people who invented them, the very researchers that work their whole life with these things don't understand how they work. I mean, they understand how they work, but they're not in a specific way, right? This, this, this thing they might have trained to, to recognize cats in photos um, they don't understand on a fundamental level how the computer does that. And that's a very specific um, aspect of especially machine learning. Um, there are There is research into creating um, like models that are understandable, um, but we're not there yet. Um, so that's called explainable AI. So that the researcher can explain to you how the algorithm arrived at a certain decision. Now this is very important when you get down to like, so for example, um, self-driving cars use this machine learning to recognize objects, right? They, they, they use a lot of machine learning models um, that's the way they work. That's the way how they fig- they figure out. You know, they're driving along the road. They because they can't see like a human. They that's how they see the world through these trained machine learning models, which is problematic because you can attack these models. There's security vulnerabilities. I've talked about uh, that on the show before, um, but the. Um, the other interesting thing is that you know when you come to the um, you know we've, we've talked about this before as well um, you know you come to th- the fact that the uh, that the, the the car the self-driving car will have to make decisions at some point um, that affect life and death of people you know the the trolley problem you know there's 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 a um, there's two people running on the road the cars going you know a driver will will have to make a decision like do I do I hit the people the, the, the person that's on the road or do I swerve off the road and you know possibly kill myself and the the, the the passengers in the car decisions like that now there's a there's a legal problem that that arises from you know having um, you know basically having to place blame so if a driver does that and he might end up in court and then have to defend themselves about the decision but there's also you know legal um insurance reasons for example if the if the car does that you know who's who's at fault the manufacturer the the person who wrote uh the ai algorithm like who like who do we sue basically and that's that's a legal problem but there's also an ethical problem because you could argue and i would argue that um to have um such a thing operate in our current um society it would have to be explainable right our whole legal system is based on that so if i if i drive a car 
and I kill somebody, um, then, you know, there will be an investigation and I might end up in court and I might have to explain what happened. And that is kind of the basis for me. Like, that's my responsibility, right? That responsibility is the basis for me being able to drive a car and be part of um, of what goes on in society, what goes on outside, you know, on, on the roads. Um, that is kind of being, it's kind of like, uh, if you know, if I'm out in in public and I'm attacked, I can defend myself. But if I hurt somebody or uh, even like you know, kill somebody or whatever, then I'll I'll probably end up in court and I'll have to explain. You know, the police will do an investigation and I'll have to explain to the state like what I did, what I did, and that is that is just inherent. Um, so anybody who who acts. To, to abstract this as far as I can, anybody who acts in in public ha- has this responsibility, right? That that is part of. That's how our like accepting this responsibility is how our um, social systems work. This is why we don't live in anarchy. That's how our state works, right? Um, if we now have machines, um, like how can they have this responsibility like who has this responsibility the machine can't have the responsibility you can't put the machine on trial right so so somebody will have to like the company who produced it the person who wrote the code um and you know with normal software you will have that you know let's say there is there is um and we we've we've had this happen i don't think we we had the lawsuits yet but you know with planes you know that boeing um, software problem like if you have planes crash you will have an investigation there's somebody, somebody is responsible somebody wrote the code and for our legal system and our system of like social responsibility to work you'd have to arrive at a point where you can blame somebody right either the programmer or the the the, the guy who ran the company or whatever you have to blame somebody if you can just get off blameless because you can say, well, at the end you point to this machine model that you trained in the machine learning model and you go, I don't understand how this works because this is how machine model, machine learning you know, models are. I don't understand like how it works. And that's just the way it is. This creates a very specific, like that's a, that's a huge problem. And I, I don't think a lot of people have understood this yet. Um, that, like you know um <laughs> if you if you if to 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 paint this very bleakly but you know i studied politics and history so i always go down to the darkest um parts of humanity because they surface if you look at it in a historical perspective this surface sooner or later um if you were a politician and you wanted to kill people and you wanted to um come off like without blame personal blame ethical blame you would create a machine learning algorithm right i mean you could always blame the person for you know having set up a political system where people get of course right but like on this very specific thing you could just say well you know there's no there's there's no our state decides who lives and who dies based on this uh machine learning algorithm and since we don't understand how it works we just know it works like nobody's really to blame 
which is a very interesting ethical dilemma. And, you know, going back to Star Trek, this is why I love Star Trek, real Star Trek, the old Star Trek, not the current Star Trek. Um, this is always something that Star Trek has dealt with. Like in the original series, there was it has nothing to do with AI or machine learning, but, um, you know, they get down to a planet and um, there's just people going into chambers and disappearing. And it, then, then they figure out, it turns out the, their whole system so they had like i think too many like they had um overpopulation on the planet and and there were wars and so they just figured out that the most efficient way um to run this planet and to avoid wars is just have simulated wars and the computer just picks people at random and they just go in room and die you know they just they just get killed um and and so that solves all the problems now they don't have actual wars and they don't have overpopulation and everything's fine. And then, of course, you know, Kirk goes, um, I think that's the, where the famous thing, you know, where he blows up, there's a very famous gif where he just blows up the computer and leaves. Um, that is just, I think that's from that episode. You know, Kirk, of course, goes, um, completely violates the prime directive <laughs> like like he would. Um, it goes, like, this is not, like, ethical. Right, this is um, this is not human, and I'm always I'm I'm always like on this kind of side of of the argument. Like um, even even if that would would be the best like solution to solve all problems, it would still be a very inhumane solution, right? And if you ha like if if it comes down to the wire, and you have the chance between well, you will have to kill people, and you have the chance between like humans making that decision and a computer making that decision i i personally always go for the human even though the computer would probably make better decisions but like i wouldn't want this kind of decision made by computers and and i think it boils down to this kind of it's not understandable humans you you know humans are very different and and i often don't understand them but i understand them better than computers and like in the case of machine learning it's um you know at at the current level where it's 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 a fact that that it's not understandable and and you have to place trust in that what the model does is best and i mean if you have a a, a self-driving car and it works yeah it's kind of obvious that it works but still you know i i there's not something i'm comfortable with and i will i think ever be comfortable with and this leads me into the topic that i am actually you know the theory i want to discuss which is basically um we are living in a world where lots of things already are decided by this by these kind of algorithms or what people would call artificial intelligence um you know the because we have lots of data we live basically in surveillance capitalism you know everybody has data about us the state companies and they get more and more data and they want to use this data, which, you know, makes sense. If you're the company, it makes sense, which which has led to a, a situation where, you know, if you use your credit card, um, there is algorithms that decide, is this actually a valid use of your credit card? Um, or um, is it like, are you, are you, is there credit card fraud, right? Do we block the credit card, right? If you go fly to another country and it looks weird, then there's like an algorithm that decides, 
you know, generally they work really well, of course, you know, it, that's why they're, they're being used, you know, it's kind of the machine learning system has been trained and it now decides, well, obviously in these cases, most often that's okay, so Fab can keep using his card. Um, these systems decide largely um, if you get credit, you know, if you, if you apply for credit at a bank, uh, generally, your risk, your your credit score, this is all like um, evaluated by this kind of thing. Um, in some countries already, like insurance policies are decided by these kind of things. And that's why, you know, obviously companies always want more data um, to kind of, um, you know, feed these systems to make decisions. And my general problem with that is that I think it's very inhumane and it's very... Uh, as I explained, um, and, and it's very, um, um, it's generally right now it's 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 used um, from an optimization standpoint of the company, right? That that is a large problem with these kind of things. They're not they're not designed. These algorithms are not designed to do what's best for society or for people. It's uh, what's best for the company, and I think that is. The problem is, any if anybody's concerned about, you know, capitalism, um, that should make you extremely concerned, um, because we've seen in the history that you know this what what is good for companies, um, never leads to a um, a society you you want you want to have right. That's not that's that's not the optimization generally you want to have in 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 society. The only people that want that optimization are the shareholders of the company. Um, and I don't think that's how we should run um, states. But that's another decision, right? Another discussion. But generally, um, so we we have more and more of these systems, and they're being used everywhere. The police uses this in certain countries, um, you know, to do some really weird fucking pre-crime analysis, you know, basically like Minority Report kind of thing, uh, where they, where they, you know, trying to figure out where crime is going to happen and all of that. And, and the discussion here is never about whether that works. Generally, these systems are being used uh, because they work, right? The, the, the issue I have with this, and I think if you listen to this podcast and you're relatively critically thinking about these kind of things, the issues you should have is... Is this something we actually want? Is this like better for society? All these these kind of innovations are sold to us generally by PR people or propaganda people, um, you know, um, on a basis that this is good for everybody, which it isn't, right? A simple, um, simple exp- So, so just just an example. Um, this is something that will be coming down the pike. And uh, come in, in, in is happening in some countries. In other countries, like Germany, it will it'll happen pretty soon. I think. Um, cars have all kinds of sensors now, and um, your car insurance company will sooner or later, um, voluntarily or not, they'll kind of force you into it by you know lowering your rates or raising them if you don't do it, um, and lowering if you do. Um, they will get all get all kinds of information about your driving, uh, and then you know good drivers will get cheaper insurance coming uh, or good in air you know whatever the machine thinks is a good driver um, and 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 that will be sold to you uh, including by by the by my colleagues in the press as being good for everybody which it if you think about it critically it isn't because I mean car insurance companies uh, car insurance the, the the system of car insurance we have right now works. 
<laughs> it, it works very well. Uh, you crash your car, uh, the other person gets paid by the insurance company, and the insurance companies make a hell of a lot of money. And these systems will be optimized to just save them more money, which you don't need to do because they already make a lot of money. All the people that work for insurance companies uh, have good salaries. The, the people who are high up in insurance companies have amazing salaries, and it all works. It'll be sold to you, right? This this lower, uh, like road accidents and stuff like that, which is something that I think has has to be uh, proven. I don't think that's how humans work, right? Um, I don't think if you raise um, rates for somebody who has more accidents, they will have. I mean, this is already hap- happens already now, and they will have less accidents. That is not how it works. Like some people drive more. I would say. Um, to be uh, sexist, which I, this, I think in this case is actually, uh, I would I would actually argue if you, if we do scientific studies, you could probably prove. I, I think people who have more testosterone uh, in their system uh, drive more aggressively and probably cause more accidents, including uh, killing themselves more often. Um, I think it's just the way that human biology works. But you know that that would be uh, a thing, and I don't think like by raising their rates you're gonna. Uh, you, you you're gonna change that. It's the same like we had this discussion. Now that um, uh, you know uh, petrol is more expensive and diesel, uh, people are supposedly driving slower, which is not the case. At least I know this in Germany. Uh, everybody keeps saying, in, including journalists. I've I've had this argument with journalists over the half uh, last half year, maybe uh, maybe fifty times, and I was like, no, people drive slower now, and I was go, no, actually not because. So there's some data you can look into, which is like from, I think, TomTom and like a company that does the back end for pretty much any uh, navigation software on your phone. Uh, they basically, they have data about, I don't know, probably 85, yeah, I think it was close to 85% of all people driving around in Germany right now. And they were like, no, people are definitely not driving slower, actually driving um, like the, 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 the speed um, I think the the thing uh, in discussion was on motorways um, hasn't changed at all. I mean, there is of course some people who drive slower, but there's other people uh, who I don't know probably drive faster, or whatever. So in the end, statistically, uh, people are not driving slower. Um, yeah, and that, that's the same kind of discussion. But everybody thinks, hey, it's gonna it's gonna change. Um, so so these are systems are going to be sold to us in this with this idea that that there's an improvement happening somewhere, and I think a lot of the time actually there isn't. Um, I think a lot of the time this is not actually improving um, systems, at least not for society, right? Or the consumer. It's it's always this is always employed by you know companies. I think it sooner or later will also be employed by the government and states to optimize. But it will it won't be optimized. Like governments don't optimize processes um, using systems like this. Uh, to improve the life of their citizens. That's what politicians tell you, but in the end, it's bureaucrats, and they just want to improve the process, i.e. they want to make it easier for them to do their work, kind of like companies. Um, you know, companies save money that way, and and uh, governments in the end as well. Like, in you know, the government bureaucracy on, on, on that level, I think, functions very much like a company, except they don't... They will generally not... Um, you know, calculate this in money. They will calculate this in like time saved or whatever. Um, and I think this this will gener- this will create a world 
to come back to the two kinds of people, the ones with the loaded guns and ones that do the digging, where we have two kinds of people, the, the people who understand these algorithms and who program them, and also the, the people who control them. And to that, you know, I would say, you know, generally I'd label them as technocrats, bureaucrats, and the financial elites. So, you know, actual the actual programmers, the people who implement software, um, the people who use it in companies. I mean, bureaucrats in companies and in the government, um, and the financial elite, i.e., the people that control this. Um, you know, because they control the companies, and I think it'll that'll largely be like that. And, and let's let's call it a caste system. And you have those two castes, and I think uh, that caste will largely be really companies. Because I think um, if you look at how the world's going, we the, the state will end up buying this technology from companies because this is too complex a thing for a government and and a state agency to to figure out right and they, and we see this already when it comes to technology cloud technology data analysis they all buy solutions from company solutions and i talk like a pr person you know they buy software from people from companies so these companies will be in control right um and even if they don't understand how their the machine learning model works because you can't they're the ones in control of the knobs, right? They they train the model, and and they can, after their own uh, wishes and and what what's best for them, they can you know adjust these models and so make basically make society do what they want to do. Because on the other side, the other caste is the people who do what the algorithms tell them to do, um, whether they realize it or not. And that's all the other pieces. Consumers, all kinds of consumers that use products, which which use these algorithms, um, politicians. You know, I don't count them into the other cast. I think those are the, are the ones that do what the algorithms tell them to do, because these algorithms, you know, are Twitter, Facebook. This is how we um, uh, perceive how the world works. So you know, that's the people that don't control these algorithms take the their view of the world from those algorithms. And I think there will be, um, depending on what you're talking about, there will be, of course, it won't be a stratified caste system, you know, like in India a few hundred years ago, um, because there will be overlap, right? There will be some people who control certain algorithms who take the rest of their worldview, right, from other algorithms, which they don't understand. So... Um, I think at some level everybody will be in the cast that do the digging because everybody will be kind of our whole society will be based on these kind of systems and these algorithms so everybody will kind of do what certain algorithms say like even if they don't realize because these are like you listen to music on Spotify it kind of decides you know if what kind of music you get in you know that you get discovered. So that's a very benign example. But then on some things like Twitter, we get your information and and you might watch TV, but like the TV is made by journalists which read Twitter or whatever, and they'll get their information filtered through an algorithm. Um, and they get their information filtered through an algorithm because that's how they analyze what their audience reads, watches, whatever, right? So the advertising company or whatever company makes the content management system that the editorial people use to decide what they're going to write about or talk about um, 
there's an algorithm involved there, which which kind of decides what what these people think is interesting and which these people think they should they should do. So you know, journalists, consumers, politicians, even you know, activists, everybody basically, the media, everybody will be um, based in the second group. Um, and you know, to some, you know, you you might be CEO of a company and controlling a company that does like you know, that controls a very important part of how like you know we're in a, in a world where all cars are self-driving and you're basically in charge at the end of the component that decides who gets run over uh you know you kind of got there so you're in that cast where you control that but on everything else like you know understanding you know who your country's at war with because you know your news from why are we at war with russia gets filtered through other algorithms that you don't have control over. So so in that respect, you're in the other cast, right? And I mean, this in, if you look at it from an even higher level, I mean, this is this is just power politics, right? This is it's nothing new. Um, so we always had this a kind of system like this um, where some, some humans control other humans based on the power they have or whatever they um, do. But I think that um it's getting more um organized right by 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 creating a technological framework you know i mean it's kind of the internet is part of it but you know machine ai is part of it um by making by having more and more decisions depending on computers um it's this this gets more and more um, organized and 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 in a way also more and more stratified. And what is interesting is that we're just at the beginning of this process, and people already don't realize that, right? They don't realize that the whole um, people in general think, okay, they they watch TV or whatever, they watch the news, they. They read, um, uh, you know, re read the press, read websites online, and they think they know what's going on in the world, but they don't realize that everything they see is filtered through this kind of these kind of algorithms and this, these kind of things. I mean, right now a lot of it isn't machine learning, but it's it's or artificial intelligence, but it's all algorithm and it's moving more and more that way, and. We are moving away. The problem with machine learning is that we're moving away from. It's bad enough if you're everything you do and 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 decisions are made for you by software. Um, you know, you you work for an insurance company and you you log on in the morning from your home office and everything's fine. But basically, the the decisions you know you're in charge of deciding if a customer gets a credit. Uh, but basically that you're not making that decision anymore in today's world. Basically, there's software that you use that at least like pre-decides a lot of that. Uh, and and first of all, people don't realize that. I think even the people working in, the, in those jobs still think they make that decision themselves. And secondly, we're moving from a system where at least that is based on software that somebody can understand, where everything gets more and more complex and we're moving to systems that even the people who write them don't understand. And that's when it gets gets very, very, very dangerous. I feel, 
I mean, it's it's dangerous enough if you can manipulate other people with this kind of thing, but that's what always goes on. To me, that's just politics and it's just how the world works. But if we arrive at the point where we're not even doing that ourselves, we're like, we're not even manipulating other people, but where we have computer systems that we don't understand manipulate people. I think that is extremely dangerous. And what I find even more dangerous is that techie people actually think that that's better um, because they think the computer makes correct decisions uh, because it's a computer. And then the, the, but what they don't understand is that, like, what is the correct decision, right? Um, is it a moral decision? A computer can't make a moral decision per definition. Um, like, what is the correct decision? And it's all based on data, right? It depends on how good your data is. That's something that if you do a course uh, at a university in artificial intelligence, that's the first thing they will tell you. It all depends on your data. You have to have good data. You have to have a lot of data and you have to have good data. But sometimes we don't have good data. Like one of my pet peeves that we actually get to in the um, in the feedback section uh, at the end of the show as well is uh, global warming, you know, where I think where we uh, largely overestimate the data we have uh, or how good that data is. And and you could you could throw that into a machine learning model and go let's let's let this computer decide how we um, run our lives from now on so that you know we 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 can minimize global warming, and the computer would come up with decisions. And I think a lot of people today would say, well, we have to follow these because we put all the data in there and the computer made computer decisions, so they're they're correct, they're more correct than a human who is biased and you know emotionally. Uh, 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 involved and 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 let's follow those decisions but they they don't see that all those decisions are only as good as the data you put in and how do you know how good the data is and and where does the data come from and mostly the data is gathered by humans again so you have that human um, factor in there anyway because you know the humans human might have pre i mean not might have there are pre there's like there's like selection bias inherent in where the data actually comes from because there's some human who devised the process of collecting the data and that in itself is selection bias right and and people don't 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 see that and i think that is is very 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 dangerous i mean this is um the most dangerous thing about this is and i'm going to sound like a, a an old man and I am an old man. I'm turning 40 next year, so I'm, I'm an old. I'm an old white man. Uh, so I'm basically the devil. Uh, but when you get old, you um, you 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 have some experience. You look at the world longer than other people. And I just um, I am somebody who grew up. So I I, I was born in 1983. Um, I got my first computer from my parents in '89. I was six. And if you had a computer, 286 at that point. When you had a, I, I recently occurred to me that I've been playing video games for 33 years, which is a third of a of a century, which is scary. But like when you when you had a computer back in the day, you had to like initialize the mouse, and you had to like you had to kind of learn how your operating system works. Right? Every time you install the game, you'd basically have have to hack around in DOS and fucking install new drivers by hand, and like edit the auto exec button. They gave 
you back in the day and everybody who's as old as me or even older will 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 recognize this largely you know if you're a nerd and you did this it gave you an understanding of how computer works computers work and that that still to this day like computer have, have, like there's a computer in not in my fridge but in a lot of in a, in, a, in a lot of like there's a fridge and there's a computer in there right and it's very different from the 286 I had back in the day but I kind of understand that at the core of that is still a system kind of like you know me hacking back with dot i mean it's changed a lot but at the in the end i have kind of an understanding of the levels of technology right i know what a chip is i don't know what i know what ram is i know basically what a bios is how how a computer um, copies things from ram to storage and all these kind of things um what it can do with an internet connection what it can't do with an internet connection and people who are like in their twenties now have absolutely no concept of this because they grew up with you know devices that are amazing. Like I had the first iPhone. The first iPhone was amazing. It was a quantum leap almost in technology because it it basically transcended um, this idea of like a um, an operating system or like you know of the the parts. You just had this device and it was almost magical because it kind of does things and you don't have to understand why. And that's how all computing devices work these days. So people who grow up now, they how would they know? Right? It's kind of like um, me with a car. Like this is an example that always gets gets brought up by other people as well. If you grew up in the 70s or whatever, you'd, you'd have to know a lot more about a car because today's cars are just you open the bonnet or like even if I, you know, when I got my first car, you open the bonnet. There's like this plastic thing and there's an engine under there, but you don't even know. You don't even know what an engine looks like. You just if something breaks, you bring it to the mechanic. And um, yeah, that's that's where we are with computers, uh, and that that in itself isn't bad. Like I'm 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 not saying that. I mean, it was a nightmare. Fucking, you every, every time you installed a game, you basically trash your operating system. And you didn't have the internet, and you have to kind of figure out how to fucking get it going again. That was a fucking computing was a fucking nightmare back then, and it's nice that it's not like that anymore. But it has the downside that people just treat computers. Um, like you know um like like this magic panel on the wall which is interesting to me i mean i've talked to uh, about star trek the next generation before which is kind of pioneered a lot of like that's where the where they we have the idea of an ipad from and basically the iphone that's like basically just because tng existed right um but since that was a science fiction from the 80s you have this it's very interesting it's a very big contrast to our world today you have a world where a lot of the technology is basically similar to technology i mean we don't have spaceships but you know we could build like a, a computer that's just like a panel in the wall and you know that kind of index with you i mean we built like alexa voice uh, activation hello alexa turn off the lights in the kitchen just in case somebody listens to this <laughs> loud in the house um yeah, so so we kind of built that because of Star Trek, right? Because you know, computer, please, I don't know, computer, find all references to uh, whatever you know. What were the, the the bell rides? Computer, uh, co uh, cross reference all mentions of the bell riots with uh, Benjamin Cisco or whatever. You know, they, they, that's where we got these ideas from. But interestingly. In Star Trek, there in the old Star Trek, there's a future where these people have this technology, but they still understand how it works. Um, 
So they kind of they kind of have to because they're on the starship, and when something breaks down, fucking Jordi LaForge rips open the panel, pulls out the isometric ships, and starts you know starts fixing the thing. But we're moving into a future where the people, I mean, we have to. I don't know if it's gonna be that way because basically, you know. The Enterprise is a military starship, and they're like basically the military, so they they are trained in this kind of thing, right? But like they even show, you know, like civilian ships, and these people know how this this works. But we're riding around; people ride around in like basically semi-autonomous cars now. They have no fucking idea how this works. Like, there's no panels you can rip open where you can fix things. Like when you bring that to a shop and you say this thing doesn't drive correctly, like the shop doesn't do that. They just like download a software update from Tesla HQ, right? They, not even the the mechanics in the shop understand how this shit works. Um, and that that is such a, like we're moving into a future that is so different from this future that was envisioned in the 80s by people who, you know, had to like write their own auto exec bat probably you know there, there were the same people who wrote these shows um it's interesting it's interesting and scary to see these parallels and and where they diverge where how they didn't really foresee the future correctly because if you have technology that works um basically like you know seamlessly like magic computers then of course you have kids that grow up that never get into any contact with that you, like do you have people that like when to me when something in a computing device breaks down like i still have even though you can't do that largely these days still have the reflex of i want to fix i want to know what part broke and i want to fix that and that's something that people today just don't have anymore like younger people don't have anymore because they are used to a world where the devices when they're broken get thrown away or they get just they bring them to a shop somebody takes them and they get them back a day later and it's fixed and they have absolutely no understanding of how the hardware works like how the software works um and you know this this all is, of course gets tied in with you know you don't buy software anymore you rent it so you don't even have like the the feeling of ownership anymore um largely people don't buy cars like lots of people just lease cars um and you, you get this with, with with all kinds of things. And I I I feel like I don't I fight against like being the old man saying, oh, yelling at clouds going like this is this is horrible. Um but when I see also that our society and our democracy is 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 being impacted by these processes and the same kind of approach to that where like we can't understand how these processes work and we don't even want anymore we don't even realize that these processes are at work right so i'm i did a very early episode on the show where i was um very much against electronic voting and like that is a thing where I, I think anybody should see the danger, right? Right now, we know how it works. Like we have literally in Germany, we cast our ballot on paper. We we get the paper to a place and there's humans who count that. I mean, they put it into computers and it gets transmitted, but there's a human who literally counts all the paper pieces, which has its problems. It's slow, you know, that people make mistakes, but it's a process that you can observe and know how it works. You know, when we move to the point where um, 
where it's all software and you just click a button and 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 then it gets counted by the computer that is one thing i mean you can manipulate that and people probably won't notice whatever i talked about that before on that episode but now imagine we move a step further where we have machine learning which then decides what people actually voted for <laughs> you know if you start oh let's 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 democratize democracy let's get away from this old-fashioned voting system and let's just all like put our stream of consciousness ideas into a machine learning in, into ai and then the ai decides where how our country is run right that sounds far-fetched but i believe that's where it's going and that like fucking scares the hell out of me and should scare you too and i think that's why we need a third group we need like we have this caste system but we need a group of people who rebel against that who don't want to be part of the, that system and i hope that the listeners of the show um will be like at the forefront of this group right of the i think a very important group where you go i don't want to be in this like with the with the mahatma gandhis of this uh analogy we're trying to dis- this like disassemble this caste system before it's even built. Um, we're the ones saying no; these things shouldn't be decided by computers. And if anything is decided by a computer, uh, it should be you know we should understand how it works, and humans should make the ethical decisions involved. Um, and yeah, I mean that. I think that's. I hope you agree with me on that. Um, if you don't, or if you do, private citizen or press, let me know. I'm always interested in feedback, of course. Um, but I think I think we need this movement to, and it's probably going to be us old people, um, because I don't think think young people even see this anymore. I mean, I've talked about before how, like you know, the scientific method and and the problem with facts, how people um, just accept things as fact uh, that blatantly aren't and how they just buy propaganda and um, like I, I'm I'm already like if I meet somebody and they unironically and without like reflecting it and, and without having a discussion use the term artificial intelligence they just use that term um, I already don't like trust any decisions they would make in this kind of you know in in the topic we're talking about um because if somebody uses that term and doesn't immediately realize that what they're talking about has nothing to do with intelligent and that intelligence and therefore the term itself is extremely misleading um i don't know i don't know how i can like they obviously like they're almost a danger to society i feel because like i mean if you work for a pr company okay that's your fucking job but like if you're a politician or like the journalist who just writes the words artificial intelligence in an article and doesn't understand what it is like i would never write an article and just use the term artificial intelligence i would always classify it what i mean um how like i would actually probably have a little you know a paragraph where i explain that artificial intelligence has nothing to do with intelligence you know the stuff i talked about in the beginning of the show um so people are just incredibly um like 
they're not critical and i understand that i you know i understand why that is i talked about that on the show a lot because people just want to live their lives but um and that's okay i mean for i understand people have enough like it's not as we said you don't always ask the next question but that's very uncomfortable right it's an uncomfortable thing for yourself it's you make yourself uh <laughs> you know you aim to misbehave if you do that and that's generally not seen uh, as a good thing in society um but like it amazes me nonetheless how people are very eager to just um sign over their responsibility i guess that's laziness as well like i've never understood how you would want a self-driving car i've never understood this right i've, I've learned to drive a car when i was like i don't know uh, 17, like even before I could have actually a driver's license legally, I learned to drive a car. Um, I, you know, I think it's uh, it's a relatively easy thing to do that you know pretty much anybody learns can learn how to do. And um, I've never understood this. Oh, I don't want to, I don't don't want to drive for four hours or whatever. I, I really, I like, I literally, I don't don't understand that. Um, I don't understand this mental laziness. I just want to. Well, I well I do understand how you're sometimes lazy, and I want to sit in the thing. But that's what trains are for, in in my opinion. Like I don't. I, <laughs> I really struggle, and I don't mean. I'm, I'm not saying this to be con contrarian. I struggle with the concept of having all this technology to replace something that is trivial that I've been doing since I was 18. Uh, almost every day of my life uh that actually you know i understand i derive joy from it but some people don't like i find driving extremely relaxing you know i mean i hate people i hate people on the road it's also very frustrating sometimes like everything um like any anything you would undertake in this life but um yeah i i, I struggle with that and that's that's my thing like people often think i'm contrarian but like exactly with, with tech topics and with lots of like this ai uh, discussions i i arrive at points where i think like what problem is this solving like how is this like I, alexa i don't uh, hello alexa turn on the light in the kitchen i don't understand what alexa solves like people go like oh when i'm cooking um you know and i want to change the song i don't have to like pull out my phone but i have a fucking iphone it's already the most this is an amazing this is basically magic fucking can do anything from this fucking phone can control my music i don't have to go to the living room and change like the the knob or like put a button like that is already like but that little step where you go okay i'm cooking i'm too lazy to put like the cooking spoon down with a knife down wipe my hands on a kitchen towel take my phone and do whatever I want to do. No, I have to say that. Um, I, I see where the phone and controlling everything from the phone is a, is, is a significant value add to me having a CD player in the other room. Um, but this little step from like pulling my phone all, out and just having to say something, which doesn't work a lot of the time, to be honest, like I know people who have like Google Assistants and Alexa, and like the amount of times they just go like, I, I had <laughs> I had a I had two two voice messages from a friend today on this very day in this afternoon I had two voice messages that a friend sent me, and in both voice messages, 
she she talk she she tells me something and then she's talking to Alexa and Alexa doesn't do what she wants to do and she basically goes ah oh, Alexa damn it <laughs> like the thing doesn't even work correctly half of the time and for that you're employing like fucking data centers and like the power and the internet can all of that you know whereas my phone can do that locally because it's a very very powerful com- i don't i don't i never understood this value yet and that that's like a lot of my um my problems i have and that's probably why i'm an old man but that also makes me see things critically right um like why are we outsourcing this to a system where in the end we don't understand uh which is going to lead to all kinds of different problems when actually the way we do things work and you know, I, I really, really um, appreciate my wife. And one of the things I appreciate her for is that she always fights against this fab. You're an old man, so for a long time, I said, I don't want to be on TikTok. She's like, you have to be on TikTok. You're a tech journalist. You can't just get old. You get old in the brain, you you, you, you stop, right? You stop, and then you die, which I talked on the show uh, a few episodes ago as well, you know, when you, when you stop, you die. Um, and I appreciate that. I think that's very good. So I, I kind of try to... I don't want to be against this kind of technology just because I'm set in my ways, right? And I think, you know, voice command is amazing. I want to be like Captain Picard. You know, I want to do the, you know, lights on or gray hot. But the question is can we not like first of all why are we doing all of this in a cloud why do we have the most powerful computers we we had like they're so much more powerful than anything you know we had 20 years ago in our pockets or all around our home and we're still we're doing all the computation in the cloud the only reason we do that is because companies like it's like they have control. They have control over the, the data and the algorithm. That's the only reason, right? We could also do this thing, this things on, on, on the computers we have. Not all of it, of course, but, you know. Um, but we're not even optimizing for, like, we, we do not optimize these systems for what's good for, for the consumer. We optimize them for what's good for the company running the thing, and that's the wrong optimization. And, and, that is that is the, the that is the main problem with these caste systems. There, there are two problems with this future that I see developing. First off, is that we we will not be able to understand a lot of the systems that that no. There's three three problems. We will not be able to understand a lot of the decisions that these systems make by the very nature of the systems. The majority of people will not even understand that these systems. Um, make decisions for them and how that works and these systems will not be optimized and no matter what anybody tells you it's propaganda it's pr it's lies they will never be optimized to what's best for people or society they will only be optimized what's best for the companies or the groups interest groups or whoever who designs them and runs them and i don't think we should have a future like this and with that, I'm going to leave it at that topic. And I uh, I will be very interested to hear what you have to say um, about this, because this is something I just basically came up with because I've been thinking about it a lot. So um, 
please let me know. Uh, and I will now let you know how to do that. You go to privatecitizen.press and there's a contact link at the top and there's information under the heading producer feedback and pretty much all the show notes. Well, there's some shows, some episodes where I don't do feedback, but generally, like this one, um, privatecitizen.press slash episode slash 131, um, where you will find uh, ways to contact me. And I'd, I'd love if you do that. Uh, that would be um, amazing. That would be very cool. Um, you know, let me let me know your thoughts. Do am I just an old man? Um, is this is, is this inevitable? Is it is it going to be bad? Is it maybe like you know, maybe like uh, am I panicking? Like you know, I talked last episode about uh, George Carlin, you know, saying uh, you know the the, the problem of climate change and uh, the problem is not the the planet but the people. Am I maybe? Uh, you know, through my my biases, uh, seeing a problem where there maybe isn't a problem, or maybe it's not going to be that bad, or maybe it's just inevitable in the future. Please let me know. I, w- I would love uh, if you have some input. Speaking of input, we had Butterbeans, uh, who <laughs> wrote a comment on the last episode on Strava, uh, of all places, which is a an, an app where you can uh, log sports, and I logged my, uh, my running there. And uh, and on my most uh, recent run, uh, which uh, oh we can actually uh, look at, but not in that tab because uh, that's not a good idea. Uh, I'm I'm streaming this live on Twitch, so I wanna don't wanna leak some information that I shouldn't leak. Uh, wait, so let's open that in an incognito tab. That's probably better. I should have looked out there before I did the show. Um, yes, so on a run I did where I um, ran 10 kilometers in 1 hour 20. If you think that is horrible, uh, you have to... So it says 989 calories, which is um, wrong. It's it's kilocalories, uh, which is... Uh, so it's off by a factor of 1,000, uh, which is, uh, for running websites, a bit embarrassing. Anyway, uh, also you have to... Uh, uh, I have to remind you that I ran with uh, 10 kilograms of weight uh, in a plate carrier. So um, it's probably a hell of a lot more calories. And uh, that probably explains the 1 hour 20, which still isn't good. But it's, yeah, I, I, I was I was well well cooked by the end of it. Anyway, uh, uh, on this run, um, Butterbeans uh, uh, comments, um, not exactly the right form for this, but I thought episode 130 was great fab. Um, so I said, uh, yeah, th- thanks. Uh, I got a kick out of him actually uh, replying on there. I think that was actually uh, actually quite quite cool. Uh, I thought that was that was great. Um, and um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you liked episode uh, 130, um, which was uh, obviously the previous episode um, where I talked about George Carlin. I mentioned mentioned that before. Um, yeah, so uh, so very cool, and we also had a. This is something I'm not going to read out because it's it's massive. But uh, Petit Michel uh, wrote a nice post on the forum where he talks about climate change and like his experience and his um, 
basically um, um, educating himself about climate and climate science. And, you know, I, I, as I had said, like my my issue is that I don't understand, and I actually mean this, I don't understand certain things. And I would love people to explain them to me, and I've never had a, an explanation that I've um, that has been as easy that I could understand it, but still as detailed enough that it would, um, you know, hold up to me asking the next question. Um, so I like his approach. He basically links things that that he's read about and it's really cool it's very long so i'm, I'm not going to read it out I, I put a link in the show notes private citizen oppressed and i want to take this as a because this climate change topic is important uh, this is something you know I've, I've talked about recently on the show as well and um, i think it's something we need to talk about and i kind of want because because i have these questions and i really don't have the right people to ask them to um, I would like to actually kind of brainstorm this in the community. So I will uh, create a topic. I don't want to do this. I don't want to take away from Petit Michel. So I'd be very happy if you um, uh, and all the other producers on the show actually, you know, participate. Yeah, so I don't want to take away from your topic, but I, I kind of think it, it, it bears um, creating an, like an its own topic. Because what I want to do is I, I kind of want to take up his approach uh, and um, yeah, kind of, kind of um, collaboratively uh, do something like like research, like have a topic where we can talk about um, climate change and and uh, climate science and basically compare notes, right? And 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 like a Petit Michel does here, link things that they've read and then then discuss about this and and discuss each other's questions that we have um i thought it would be great i, I still i haven't done this um before the show because i still don't know completely what i want to how i want to do it like i want to take some of uh, petit michel's stuff maybe maybe um maybe i'll just copy his post uh we'll see i'll 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 create a topic in the forum um, in the private citizen forum, I'll create a specific topic for this, um, where we can where we can all um, kind of compare notes and and talk about um, what we've read and what we think and and you know my hope is that that from that I'll get an episode at some point where I can kind of update people on on you know what we've come up with and uh, yeah if if that works if we have enough collaboration if enough enough of the producers actually feel like this is an important topic and they wanna they wanna cont contribute. Um, you know, then maybe it, it can become a series uh, of, of episodes. I would find that very interesting. It's definitely a topic that, that is close to my heart because I think it's very important. And I think that, you know, the, the public discussion sorely lacks, um, you know, they, they, things are just taken for granted. And then everybody's like, oh, we, we must do something. And then the solutions, um, in my eye, often don't make any sense. Um, so... I think, um, yeah, this is something where we could actually uh, make a difference and definitely come up with with some good uh, ideas for the show. So, so please, if you're interested in that, um, I'll I'll create a, a topic on the forum, and and we can get into that. And and otherwise, please um, provide feedback for the show. Go to Private Citizen Press. Links are in the show notes. And um, yeah, uh, the more people interact and and the more other viewpoints we get on the show the better um, because it's just me talking all of the time and um, while i enjoy that 
I'm an egomaniac. <laughs> Otherwise, I would do this shit. Um, while I enjoy that, I think it's also, uh, you know, I value people's input. And I think I have very uh, intelligent listeners, uh, which often write in and become producers of the show. So please, get involved. Yeah, and with that, let's uh, let's move to the uh, to the end of the show here. Another way you can help out is, of course, uh, keep the show going, um, because ooh, things have gotten extremely expensive and uh <laughs> trying to like trying to to survive here i mean i we i i have a wife and she also has an income which which helps but i kind of uh i'm i'm kind of <laughs> I mean, i'm trying i'm trying to pitch in here uh and you can you can help me because uh, i'm a i'm a freelance journalist and we're not we're not swimming in money so if you want to help out and you, you think what i'm doing here is actually valuable you can pitch in it's called the value for value models all explained in the show notes patreon paypal um all in there if you need other ways um if you want to help out any other way contact me um yeah i don't want to bore you with that i go into that every show so let's just stick with thanking the people who've made this very episode happen um, who have contributed via Patreon and PayPal. And uh, those people are Sir Galtaran. Uh, this is new. Galtaran uh, has specified Sir Galtaran. Um, I'm guessing, I'm pretty sure he is uh, no agenda royalty, which is something I aspire to, but uh, haven't reached yet. Um, so, uh, yes, Sir Galtaran. So he's not only supporting this podcast, but also other valuable podcast Sergo Taran Rodane the Insane Steve Hose Butterbeans Michael Small 1i11g Jonathan M. Hetai Michael Mullen Jensen Jaroslav Lichtblau Dave Sandman 616 Jackie Plage AKN IKN Bennett Piata Rizal Vlad Avis Joe Poser Dirk Didi Indie Game EX who's recently received uh, one of the shirts uh, the top tier uh, Patreon uh, you know kind of goodie that you get if you pitch in a lot of money uh you get a shirt which uh, he tweeted uh which i got a big kick out of looks looks ace on you man uh indie game x funny mansoor kai sears david david potter cam mika mr amish robert forster captain eckhead crunkle rj tracy rick bragg ricky m astral c barry williams jonathan super user d and Florian Pigosh. Thanks to all of you. And uh, I would also like to thank my Twitch subscribers because obviously I'm streaming this live on Twitch. Sadly, I can't list those because uh, Twitch is not really giving out this information. Um, I had a way, I had an external website which gave me that information, uh, which broke. And uh, I think that's because Twitch changed their dashboard. And um, I, just, I, I haven't found a way to get this information on Twitch. Uh, so if you subscribe to uh, to my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash foxtrot alpha bravo alpha with an F, like the NATO alphabet. Um, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it a lot. Uh, I appreciate all of you you helping out. And of course, you can subscribe. If you have Amazon Prime, um, you get Twitch Prime, which means you can subscribe to one channel for free. And I still get some money. This helps a lot. I'm sorry I can't list you. Um, I mean, 
you know if you if you subscribe during a stream of course i like i shout people out and i um you know i uh, i i'm thankful to all of you this is just something that twitch has done that i if i can get around it if anybody knows how to get around it let me know um i'll list my twitch subscribers again um but uh until then uh thanks to all of you on twitch uh you you also help out uh, i'm thankful for that i'm also thankful to bitemark at bitemark.co.uk who uh british cloud hosting provider who uh, helps uh you know gives uh, gives me the bandwidth and the servers to host the podcast files and i couldn't do the podcast without them so i'm, I'm extremely thankful to bandmark thank you bandmark and uh that's it that's it for me uh for this week um the uh the intro song to this uh show uh which I like a lot. It's called Acoustic Roots by Raul Kabzali. One of these days, man, if you ever listen to this, Raul, let me know how to actually pronounce your name. <laughs> I'm giving my best year for 31 episodes, but I didn't have Spanish in school. And it's, I'm, I'm presuming that's a Spanish name. You know, I always see Raul and I think of Dr. Disrespect. And he goes, Raul! Raul! Um... <laughs> Yeah, um, and thank you. That's an amazing song, um, which I've licensed for the show because I like it very much. And I'm going to play us out with a song called Why Are We Waiting by Sleepaway Camp. That's, you know, I licensed the rest of the music and the sound effects from Epidemic Sound. And um, yeah, Why Are We Waiting by Sleepaway Camp, kind of like that. So uh, I'm going to see you soon. Um, still aiming for two episodes a week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Can't promise anything. Um, until we meet again. Aim to misbehave, rebel against the AI, and uh, always ask the next question. This is it, life's not infinite, it's the only chance we get, so... Why are we waiting? Why are we waiting? Will it click? Looking for the next new fix. Is this the new kind of sick? Why are we waiting? Why are we waiting? They say they have the answers, but no one's getting better. Say they have the answers It's always pay to enter Isn't life funny? Make some money Spend it all to feel less crummy And think that we've made it Think that we've made it Well, what else? Sit by ourselves Think about the hands we dealt and all our guilt. Think that we've made it. Think that we've made it. They say they have the answers, but no one's getting better. They say.
infinite It's the only chance we get So why are we waiting? Why are we waiting?